magnify the Lord one more time. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you all. You may be seated. Well, here we are, almost November, which means basically it's almost Christmas. So Merry Christmas, everyone. Now, it just comes faster and faster. The longer we live, every passing year, every day seems to go faster and faster, as if uh, an accelerator is being applied to life, and even the more so as we see all of time drawing to an end, right? It's as if the Lord himself is speeding things up. There's a scripture, unless the days be shortened, no flesh would survive. You know, it's as if it's important to God, right, to draw it to a close. I feel that sometimes. Maybe you do too. Anyhow, I want to take our attention today to the book of Luke chapter 10. And uh, I'm going to read verse 1 in this chapter and then skip down to begin to read in verse 17. I'm sorry, Tyler, I didn't send you verses or a slide or anything. But those folks back there in the sound room know what they're doing, don't they? Why don't you give them a hand? They, They put up with a lot. And they do it quietly, so good job. Uh, Luke chapter 10 and verse 1, I'm going to be reading here in the King James Version and then skipping down to 17 to read a few verses. The Bible says, After these things the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. And now skipping down to verse 17, And the 70 returned again with joy. Everyone said with joy. Saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding... In this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced. Everyone said, Jesus rejoiced. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. I love getting catchy titles if I can, and I have none for you today. But I want to talk about joy, and I want to talk about rejoicing in this passage Would you bow your heads and let's ask the Lord's blessing one more time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these wonderful people here today. 
Thank you for their desire to come and to hear from you and to draw close to you. Help me, Jesus, to say something worth hearing, something from heaven. Give me anointing, I pray. Help focus my mind. Help, O oh Jesus, your word fall on good ground. We pray it all in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Everyone likes to have a good day. Everybody likes to have a good day. Sometimes you have a day that starts out good and it ends up bad. Sometimes the opposite's true. You have a day that starts out bad and ends up good. But unfortunately in life, it's maybe kind of rare that we have a day that's just good all the way through. And it, it nurtures you into the next day or even into the next week, perhaps. And speaking of good days, so nice to see Carol Faber with us today. <laughs> Glad that the Lord made a way and you felt up to coming. It's always so nice to see you when you're able to be here. A good day. Yeah, a good day. You never want it to end, do you? You get plenty of bad days, right? Plenty of bad days. But I tell you, there's nothing that can make you have a better day than having a good day with the Lord. The nourishment of heaven being poured into you seems to last longer, satisfy better, uh, uh, take you to better places, higher heights or deeper depths, however you would describe it on a particular day that was with the Lord, and that was good, and that was so positive. You know, that's different than just getting to go someplace nice, right? There might be things that you would like to go and do or things you would like to go and buy or people you'd like to go see, and all those things can be good and, and nice and pleasant, but when your spirit is nurtured by the Lord, it has such a different effect. It's like an effervescence for your very soul lifts you on high. That's a good day, and you never want it to end. The disciples, not the 12, but these others now that Jesus had sent out are having such a day. And it's probably not a stretch to say it wasn't one day, but, but several days in a row. Whether their journey was for a week or two or however long it may have been, they are sent out with authority from Jesus to perform works, to preach the kingdom, and to watch God do what only God can do. And it is amazing when you see God work in other people how much better you feel. I'm telling you, if you are in this thing called Christianity or this thing called serving God long enough, you will quickly recognize uh, you get more fulfillment out of praying for someone else and seeing them receive from the Lord than you do when you receive it yourself. Not to take away anything from that, but you are fed, you are nurtured, you are blessed when your brother and your sister are blessed. Makes us, you know kind of confused then when we start to hate them. 
That wasn't in my notes. Just kind of felt right. Just kind of felt right that we can, you know, hate and love the same people, sometimes within one breath. You can say amen to that. Let's not be hypocritical here. Amen. Amen. They come back, these 70, on a high, on a spiritual high. And it's, I think, noteworthy also that they come back with the proper perspective that it's not them that did the work. It's God that did the work. The subject, the, the devils are subject unto us, but through thy name. We know it's not us. It's, it's you. And they are happy. They are content, but not just content beyond contentment. They are calmly glad. There's a smile on. They're just pleasant to be around. That's the nice thing about having a good day. It can be contagious. Now, bad days can be contagious, too. A bad attitude can be contagious, but a good attitude and a good disposition to be well within yourself, that can be contagious. And so they have joy. They have, in the Greek here, charo, or chara. They have joy. They feel well. They're calmly happy. They are thriving. Oh, yeah. Now, that's a word I think that we might, we might understand thriving because we want to thrive in life, right? But there's a whole lot of days we don't feel like we're thriving. But we want to thrive. We want to do well at work. We want to have success in the home. We want to be close to the Lord. We want to have good relations. We want to thrive. And that's exactly how these disciples feel, these 70 coming back and giving good reports to the Lord. That's exactly how they feel and how they would sum up their lives. We are thriving because of you, Lord. And he, hearing them, says, don't be happy just because you cast out some demons. Don't be happy Because I've given you this power over the enemy. Don't rejoice because spirits are subject to you. Now, child of God, hear what the word of the Lord says there. If you're following him, you're obedient to him, you have authority over spirits. Isn't that nice? Isn't that wonderful? Now, some people get kind of scared by demons. I preached about that maybe two months ago. They get scared by spirits and this and that and the other. Uh, 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 and some Christians get just all kinds of bent out of shape around Halloween because it's the devil's day and it's all a bunch of dark. Why are you afraid? I mean, I, I'm not here trying to preach witchcraft, but understand what I'm saying here is even if it is saturated with the demons and the devils and the wickedness, do you know if you're a child of God baptized in his spirit, when you walk into the room, the demons flee from you. They're afraid of you. Why have you come before our time to torment us? It's the same spirit in you that was in Jesus. Can I get a witness right now? The same Holy Ghost in him is the Holy Ghost that's in you. 
demons flee from it. So, you know, don't, you don't get bent out of shape. It's okay. It's all right. You're going to be fine. Amen. Amen. All right, now enough of that. Don't rejoice, though, simply because the demons flee from you. Don't have that thriving because the demons are subject to you. Thrive because your name is written in heaven. Thrive because your name is written in heaven. And I want to say it one more time, yeah, for dramatic effect, and yeah, just to make sure you were listening all along. Thrive. Be happy. Be content. Find joy and completeness in life because your name is written in heaven. Boy, I wish, I wish that I could just end preaching right there. Because that's the message. That's the simple message I brought to you today. Is that even though bad days may seem to outnumber good days, you don't always feel like you are thriving. Can I get a witness? Amen. You don't always feel like getting out of bed. Can I get a witness? You don't always feel like coming to church. You don't always feel like being the nice guy. You don't always feel like saying the prayer. You don't always feel like reading your Bible. You don't always feel like doing anything and everything that you know that you have to do or that you ought to do. You can still be content and you can still be happy and you can still have a smile on your face because all of these things are temporary. This old world is temporary. All that is around us will fade away, will melt away. We're not living this life for now. We're living this life to live again. We're living this life that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. In that hour, after he talks to the disciples, in that same hour, and you know, there was, there was even more to be happy about. He sent them out. We, we didn't read those uh, uh, intervening verses about how he instructed them. Go out just with the clothes on your back. Don't take extra money. Don't take extra clothes. When you come into a city, start to preach, and whoever receives you, live off of them. And if no one receives you, leave the city and knock the dust from your feet. We didn't even read all that. I mean, so it worked. People did receive them, and if they didn't, they went to the next city, and people received them there. There's a whole lot there to be happy about, to see how God prepared a way before them set a table before them in the presence of their enemies, as Psalm would write, as the psalmist would write. But after all of this, Jesus, in that same hour, Jesus rejoiced. Everyone say, Jesus rejoiced in spirit. Jesus rejoiced in spirit. But... As he had in the previous verse said, don't rejoice because the spirits are subject to you. Rejoice because your name's written in heaven. That word chairo in Greek is not the same word in verse 21 when he says rejoice. It is 
Agalai El. And it doesn't mean to be calmly content. Agalai Io does not mean to be calmly happy. It doesn't mean simply to thrive or to be well. It means to jump for joy. To be exceeding joy. In other words, joy isn't a good enough word. It's not a big enough word. I am overflowing with joy. I am jubilant within myself. And he says, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy because, God, you've done this and you've hid it from the wise people of the world. You, these words of wisdom that have come, these experiences that have come, these amazing things, and this instruction from heaven has come, and you haven't given it to the wise. You've given it to the simple. You've given it to the babes. Because it was good in your sight. Well, you know, another way to kind of say this, I'm overwhelmed in my spirit. I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm overwhelming with joy in my spirit because the kingdom of God is being preached. I'm overwhelmed because the kingdom of God, I sent them out two by two, at least to one city each. So in 35 cities, it's gone out. I'm overwhelmed with joy, exceeding glad. And you didn't send them to the kings, and you didn't send them to the rulers, and you didn't send them to the wise men and the sages of old. You sent them unto babes. And the kingdom of God is being preached. I'm jumping for joy because the kingdom of God is being preached. Wouldn't that be nice if we had such a disposition today? Wouldn't that be, <laughs> wouldn't we thrive a whole lot better? Wouldn't we be a whole lot happier if we just had proper perspective on things, right? We like to be happy and we like to be overwhelmed when we get our miracle, when we get our prayer request, when we get our healing. Are you ready? Are you hearing me? Can you receive this word? We come in heavy laden, burdened down, and we're hoping that God would deliver us, and he can. We're hoping God will heal us, and he has, and he will, and he, he does all this thing. I mean, I certainly do serve a, a miracle-working God, a, a miraculous God. Why would I serve a God if he was not miraculous? But in all of this, there's far more joy just to be in the kingdom of God, just to hear the word preached, just the fact that salvation goes forth, the opportunity to be with the King of kings and the Lord of lords in eternity. That is what should overwhelm us and where we should find great contentment and where we should find great joy. Not because we get what we want. Not because we get the healing that we think we so deserve. Not because we've been so patient and we've asked enough times and we this and we that and yada, yada, yada. I, you know, I know of, didn't know him personally, a, a, a man, Alan Oggs. 
Some of you may remember, a few of you may remember this, Alan Oggs. Uh, he was a minister for decades, and he had a, an infirmity in his speech and in his walk. And to him, that was his ministry, that God could still use him. And he had a very strange way of talking because of his infirmity. I believe maybe he had been struggling with polio maybe early on. I can't remember if it was that or something else, but... But he would, he would preach, and he almost everywhere would preach the same message. I got to see him once when I was in Indianapolis. And, and, and his, his message, everyone wrote a book about it, is that you, you got to have the want to. But he wouldn't say it like he would, you got to have the want to. And, of course, his, his good nature and disposition would make you not smirk too much at the fact that he's speaking in this infirmed way you got to have the want to but people with compassion would surround him everywhere he went and would pray for him to be completely healed and you know what he would do when people tried to do that he said don't pray for me you ruined my ministry that's a true story don't pray for me you ruined my ministry That's a good perspective because he's not in ministry and he's not in his life for himself. Oh, I wish I had it. Now, a few minutes ago, I said you'll get more joy praying for someone else. You'll get more happiness. You'll get more contentment if you see God working in someone else. And you all say, yes, amen. Praise the Lord. But I told you about Alan Oggs and you get question marks all around you. You're content not because God gives you what you want, not because he pours out the miracle. You're content because of salvation. And salvation is the utmost not only for you, but for your family, for your city, for this nation. Salvation is utmost. Let the kingdom be preached. Let the kingdom be Go forth. Let there be witnesses. Let there be laborers. That's another intervening verse that we didn't read. The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Why? Because people think it's, well, you gotta, you got to be the preacher to deliver the message. That's hogwash. I just read it. He sent out 70 disciples. You think all of them had been trained on how to give a three-point speech and a this and a that and knew how. They didn't know what they were doing at all. In fact, he stripped what little they would have known away from them. Don't take any extra money. Don't take any extra clothes. Don't take a tent. Don't take a sleeping bag. Don't take anything. Don't even prepare for it. I will teach you what to say when the moment comes. What the world needs is Well, and folks, I I don't mean to be contradictory here. I love miracles, and I want to see them, and I think we will see them more and more as we have seen them before. But what the world needs is is not a miracle healing. What the world needs is salvation. What the world needs is to seek the face of God. During our time of prayer earlier, I talked about all these horrible things in the world. And I think that there's a confusion in some of our minds that we would pray for the miracle, that there would be cessation of the wars, that there would be some, some movement of a leader that's the political move and that's the right move and it brings contentment. And all those things might happen and they, in, in ways they could be good. But what needs to happen is that nations fall to their knees. 
because they hear the call of God and they hear the kingdom of God preached to them. They humble themselves. They seek the face of the Lord. Do not be deceived and think some politician will be able to bring resolution to wars permanently. Oh, yeah, you get a season, right? You get a ceasefire. You get a decade or two, and there's not a war, if you're lucky. Do not think that politicians are so wise or any leader is so wise that they can bring that kind of peace to the earth that we need. Mm -mm. No, no, no. There's one that will bring peace. I said there's one that will bring. There is one that will bring peace. And the conflicts we see, they probably will only increase. The conflict, the war, they will probably only continue. They will build and maybe they'll wax and they'll wane, but it's on a trajectory headed towards the apocalypse. Amen. Amen. But do not be worried by all of these things. Do not think some miracle is going to come because of a leader. Have your faith and your contentment and your promise in heaven. Don't rejoice in these little things and don't fear these things. As the wise man said, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. And Jesus Christ is the main thing. Jesus Christ is the main thing. So if you're thinking, well, is my, is my name written in heaven? Hey, let's be sure. Let's be sure that your name is written in heaven. What must we do to be saved? What must we do to be saved? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Someone say, that's me. Because he's still calling. He's still calling. And I know in our flesh we would have him call us unto a miracle. We would have him call us unto healing. We would have him call us unto deliverance. And he'll do that. You know, he does those kinds of things. But don't rejoice in, in these other minor miracles. Because there's no greater miracle than having your name written in the Lamb's book of life. Rejoice. Be overwhelmed. Be exceeding glad. Jump for joy. Be jubilant. That the word of God is preached in this world. And be calmly content and happy and glad that you're there, that you're part of it, that you're one in the number. Amen. Oh, when the saints go marching in, I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. I don't know. I mean, there might be around 60 of us here today, and, and chances are there's several, many, half, more than I don't know. You come in with burden, with care. And in no way do I mean to diminish that. 
I want to pray for you today. I believe God is here, ready, willing, and able to give you a touch. As our musicians would come, I want to have a time of prayer for you. But I don't want to limit it to just those who are heavy, who are burdened. We want to extend prayer to those who need salvation. Because we read it today, it's, it's the most important. It's the utmost. Amen? It's the utmost. There's nothing more important for you not to be healed of the body, but to be restored in spirit and soul with God Almighty. Amen. Amen. So if you would all stand, Bishop, with your help, and Sarah, you would help me as well. Whatever your need is today, I just have felt it since the beginning of service that today's a good day for us to form a line right here to bring your need, to bring your care, to deliver it unto the Lord. We're going to anoint you with oil. Any who feel that call, would you, in faith, step out of your pew? Would you come forward and just form a line right down this center aisle? If it's for healing of body, if you feel overwhelmed in your mind, if you feel burdened by cares that you just don't understand, whatever the need is, thank you for all that are coming. Thank you for all that are coming. We're going to give it just one more moment here. And those, if you don't feel the call, that's all right. But I ask that you would help us pray. Bring your faith into this place. As we sing a song, let's see what the Lord might do. It's not us that does the work. Amen? It's not us that does the work. I have no power in heaven or on earth, but God has all power in heaven and earth. Church, won't you raise your hands? Begin to pray for these souls today. Heavenly Father. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. God has spoken. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. God has spoken. Let the church
this your response to whatever he says from the healing of your body to the raising of the dead no matter how you're feeling how your world is reeling better along through the night cause you're gonna win the fight even in the valley or standing at your red sea continue to say amen cause your help is all the way God has spoken let the church say amen let the church say
gives me grace to run this race till I see my Savior face to face. Going up yonder, I'm going up yonder. I hope that you can leave today feeling uplifted, feeling close to the Lord, feeling like this has been worth your while. It's been good to be here, I think. And if you feel that same way, I pray that you take something, a seed, and, and plant it somewhere in your life or in someone else's heart this week. Let's spread the message of salvation spread his word for time draws to a close time draws to a close what's that mean pastor what's that mean it means there's less time now than there was yesterday and even if the lord should tarry another hundred years your life as the word says is like a vapor it appears for a little while and then it's gone so spread that word while you can be a witness, be an encouragement while you can. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence of fill here today, your instruction in the Holy Ghost of fill here today. Pray, Lord, your word would go with your people. Help us all, Jesus, to be a light shining in darkness. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. You are dismissed. <laughs>